Dean. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Passing All Access podcast is back after the All-Star break. They're heading in front of the uh, trade deadline. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco from our Madison Web Studio. And Paul, it's become a crazy time of year. Um, trade deadline, obviously, less than a week away. Yeah. Teams are selling. Teams are buying. Um, and the Nats are kind of in limbo. You're sick. You're feeling. Are you feeling better? <laughs> uh, you can hear it in the voice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for giving me that. You're welcome. Uh, Anytime. But, uh, yeah, my All-Star break was great. Thanks for asking, Bobby. I uh, really appreciate it. I don't need to ask because I <laughs> saw you the entire All-Star break. We were at Nats Park all week um, covering Futures game, home run derby, which was awesome. Um, and the All-Star game, obviously, was an incredible spectacle. Yes. I, hey, before we get into the Nationals and, and this post-break, you know, will they, won't they, or <laughs> what, what should we do here? Yeah. Let's just give a round you of applause me, for, for the, the organization, the D.C. fans. I mean, what an All-Star experience that was last week I, I thought they did a great job putting on a great show i do too they were benefited by the fact that i think it was a great all-star game yeah it was, it was like light dramatic so many home runs uh terrific home run derby yes uh hometown kid brings it home that was i mean from a purely objective standpoint that might have been the most entertaining home run derby in a few years yeah as everybody lambasted it for uh you know yeah have not having the names or talent that or the drama or the drama but it was I thought it was objectively very interesting, but it's tough to pull that out because we were actually there. Take Bryce Harper hitting nine home runs in a row and put that on repeat for me all the time. Uh, that was just incredible. Was and then and flipping the bat. the bat, giving the trophy to his dad, getting Davey emotional, Dave Martinez hugging him, yeah. him. Uh, Max and Sean Doodle bringing out the trophy yes. to him, him getting emotional in his press conference afterwards was, was epic. Made, me, made me emotional. <laughs> um, pretty epic. But yeah, it was a great week. And, but now back to business. Um, you know, t- it's often said you can tell whether a team held a team doing the second half in the first 10 games yeah. out of the break. And uh, I think we everyone kind of agreed that these first 10 games for the Nationals were pretty important mm-hmm. coming out because, you know, whether they can make a push for the, di- uh, the division or even the wild card. And they've they're not quite there yet. They had their rain out against Atlanta, but they're two and three so far out of the break between oh, one and one against Atlanta. And then they lost two out of three against the uh, the Brewers in Milwaukee and now head to Miami for four games. Um, Paul, 50 and 51 overall, seven games back in the East, five and a half games back on the wild card. Where are the Nats stand right now um, before the trade deadline? I don't think even they know, Bobby. Uh, they are in a weird limbo right now, and it's crazy to say at the beginning of the year, you know, we would never have thought that they would have been in any kind of position to sell. I don't know if you can – totally switch gears and sell at this point i think they they still should be in buy mode pretty much regardless of what happens if they get swept in miami maybe but you consider selling but i think you have to be in in buyer mode and that's what we've heard from the national reporters is it would take an extreme situation for them to switch and sell because you also consider it from the other standpoint of probably a lot of your scouts and people have been scouting other major league players to add to your club now in a week span, you would have to change to looking at minor league players on other teams that you would have to look to get back and trade. It just yeah. wouldn't, to me, there wouldn't be it's enough not practical. Time. No, yeah. there wouldn't be enough time for you to switch over like that. 
Not to say the Nats haven't done that already. I'm sure, I mean, Mike Rizzo scouts yeah, are I'm scouting sure everybody year-round. But yeah. you're right. I think, like, all right, now turn the table. Yeah. Who can we get back immediately? Exactly. What prospects can we get back immediately? That would be a little tough. And also, Paul, we just recorded our, Nash- our Orioles episode, and now for the Nats, talking about two different farm systems. The Orioles obviously made the two biggest trades so far of the season in Manny Machado and Zach Britton. And they're kind of reloading a depleted farm system, whereas the Nats farm system is stocked. And so we're like, it's kind of a log jam down there yeah. <laughs> almost. So it's like, where do you add prospects? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, you know, which spots do you add to and fill up to? I mean, we know their pitching is great. We know they've got plenty of outfielders. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, so who do you want back? And do you have enough confidence in that you would give up some of your guys to get these guys in return? So yeah. it is a tricky question. I like, that's a good point. And there, I think there's a lot riding on this year. Uh, we knew that coming into the year. And for them to switch and, and all of a sudden sell like that, I think it would take a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we all know this is the Bryce Harper walk year. We know that uh, Gio Gonzalez is a free agent. We know that Daniel Murphy is a free agent. We know that a lot of these contracts are expiring and a lot of these guys are getting older. And I think that I, I think at this point you still have to buy. I, I don't whether you buy the Phillies or Braves is true. You know, uh, pennant contenders, they're not they're still young teams that are prone to falter. Right. That neither of these teams have really done much yet um, in terms of trades. They could. Yeah, that's true. And they haven't been too hot as of late. Yeah. But so ultimately, I think you still have to go for it. I think there's too much riding on this year for you to just pack up and say, no, we'll punt to next year. Yeah. Okay. So where do the Nats need to add um, if you're going to be buyers at the trade deadline? And that's another question you face once you make that decision. All right, we're buying. Um, catcher is one that's been talked about Huge. for months. Um, Matt Wieters is great at calling a game. Hasn't been that productive at the plate. We we know that J2 Realmuto has been in discussions way before the Nationals. Um, we've heard him all off season. Wilson Ramos is having a good season. It'd be great to see the Buffalo back. But yep. he's on the DL in Tampa. So is he healthy enough to come back and be productive? His health has always been a concern in his career. Um, and then what, what other places do you – that's my place, catcher. Where are the, and there's the rotation probably is what we, I guess is what you're going to say. What other rotation spots can be can be filled up and with who? Yeah, uh, catcher obviously I think is the biggest one that the Nationals are uh, right near the bottom of the league, if not the bottom of the league, in catcher production from that they've gotten from that spot. I think you have to upgrade the rotation. Yeah. Um, we saw a great start from Tanner Roark a couple of days ago. but Yesterday. Yesterday. Wednesday. Sorry, I'm, no, uh, you're good. All, all over the place. You're good, Paul. Uh, it's his sickness. Uh, saw a great start from him. He still has not been great. That, that's great, but his ERA is probably still over six since June 1st. So uh, is it going to last? And whether you can trust, rely on him to, for that to last. I will say Same about, with Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah G, I mean, those are two guys, the biggest question marks. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think at this point we know we're getting from Jeremy Hellickson. He can got, he's a guy you can throw out there and be Twice confident. The rotation, that's it. <laughs> yeah, be confident that he, he'll at least keep you in the game. But yeah. Gio and Tanner have been big question marks. And like you said, Tanner, yesterday, eight innings, no runs, a season-high 11 strikeouts. I mean, he was phenomenal. And I encourage everyone listening and watching this uh, podcast, if you haven't already, go check out Byron Kerr's um, article on MassInSports.com about how Brandon Kinsler helped Tanner Roar kind of find himself and get back. And the, the two main things that Tanner was focusing on is getting back to using his fastball mm-hmm. and keeping his back foot down um, when throwing his slider. And I thought it was pretty interesting. And watching yesterday's outing, you could tell that's what he was doing. He threw a lot of fastballs mm-hmm. early and often and then using his slider as his put-away pitch and keeping his back foot down. So keeping it grounded, as they say um, in the article. Uh, yeah, I read baseball yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a baseball term. Yeah, it's baseball. I don't know if you've heard it. Keep it grounded. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, if, if that is the Tanner Roark that the Nationals are going to get the second half, and F.P. Santangelo on the Madison broadcast said at almost nauseum that Tanner is a second-half pitcher. He always has been. So, he, you know, look at his second-half numbers. Yeah. If this is the Tanner that we're getting the second half, then I think the Nationals are in good, good right. position. That helps a lot. I think their, their chances increase twofold. Um, but also Gio, you know, what can we get from yeah. Gio? Can he can we make consistent? Um, and, and obviously, can Jeremy Hellickson keep his spot in the rotation? And also, Stephen Strasburg. Glad you brought him up. Stephen Strasburg <laughs> goes back on the t- ten-day DL before these four games um, in Miami. He was scheduled to pitch tonight, and now Tommy Malone has to be called up to make the start. Yeah, it's not a good situation. No, um, it seems like every time the Nationals take a step forward, they take two steps back. The yeah. So let's talk about that Stephen Strasburg injury because it's. Very interesting timeline. So he, he obviously comes off the disabled list, has one start, does not pitch well, gives up uh, six runs, six runs, five hits. of them earned, um, eight hits. And, of course, the second he hits the dugout, gets a talking to from Max Scherzer, yep. and they go back and forth. They take their conversation inside. It's all in the family. They're not talking about it. A few days later, Steven Strasburg hits the disabled list yep. with a pinched nerve. Yep. Uh, His neck. What? What's going on here? Bro? I don't know. <laughs> da- uh, Davey Martinez, as we're recording this, just spoke with reporters down in Miami, and he said that Strasburg told him about him just yesterday, mm-hmm. and now Strasburg is scheduled to go see a neurologist in Los Angeles, um, and there's no timetable for his return. That's never good. No. And then on top of that, I mean, this is s- bad news, but coming from good news. Anthony Rendon's on the paternity list, so congrats, Anthony. Yes, and and, and your wife, but also you're missing now one of your best hitters for one All of the important bus- series for yeah. a big series this weekend. Um, again, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, so um, it's tough. The uh, the Strasburg situation deserves a whole podcast on its own right. because of what he's done, uh, and his injury history. It's such a tricky situation at this point. You're not gonna. Uh, you don't know for how long you're gonna miss him. That's why, to me, I think you have to upgrade the rotation, um, at least for the temporary uh, aspect. If you got to worry about somebody to take his spot, you can't rely on Tommy Malone or whoever it's going to be, or Eric Fetty or whomever. Um, but the Strasburg situation is, is very much an odd one. Um, for right now, they have to focus on the short term and getting through this Miami series. Do you think that this series ultimately is going to – I mean, would you would you base your future plan off this four game series in Miami? To me, that's that's too small a sample size. Um, so when you talk about selling at the deadline, that means you're selling your players now for prospects to build for the future, correct? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'm gonna bet my two three year plan on this four game series right. in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would bet. My sec, my last two months of this season on this series in Miami, being like, okay, let's go buy. Like you know, if we went three or four sweep, let's go buy. Yeah, I can see them doing that. I I wouldn't bet for the future, future way down the road on this four games in Miami, especially since the, the Nationals beat up on Miami. I mean, they're six and one against the Marlins. I think yeah. that one loss, the Marlins snapped like a seventeen or sixteen game losing streak to the Nationals. So if you're betting your future or at least this season on this series, this is the team you want to face. Yeah. So hopefully that the Nationals can be able to put some together. And, Paul, on that note, you know, the schedule is sort of in the Nats' favor because they play all 
NL East and all NL Central teams up until the last series of the season when they go to Colorado. And that means they've got, let's see, I have it right here. They've got seven games against the Braves left and nine against the Phillies. And then they also play the Cubs, Cards, Brewers, and Rockies, mm -hmm. all teams that you're probably vying for for a wild card spot if you need to. Yeah. So the chance is going to be there. The, you know, you're going to have your chances because you're going to have to beat these teams. Uh, in order, and so it's kind of like in your hands, you know. Like it, it's not like we're not playing these teams, and you gotta hope they lose. Yeah, you, you have the ability to go out and do that. Um, so I think that also helps in making this decision. All right, let's go buy for this season as opposed to sell, because we're, even though we might be kind of far out, we're not completely out of it because we still have to play these teams. These teams still have to beat us in order yeah. to win the division or the wild card spot. That's a good point. Uh, and it, yeah, it certainly helps when destiny is in your hands like that. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Control your own destiny like that. I, I Yeah, to me, I think it's it's too much to bet on this one series. Um, who you end up getting, we've talked about the catchers, starting pitchers, Jay Happ goes off the market, yep. goes to the Yankees. A couple other guys that are out there, Marcus Stroman potentially also on the Blue Jays. Uh, Mike Fires uh, on the Tigers, uh, Cole Hamels, a guy on the the Rangers. There, the market is a little thin, but you can, if you squint hard enough, you can find a, a back end of the rotation type guy. I think at this point, it's almost a little surprising that Mike Rizzo hasn't gotten anybody so far. Yeah. Um, but he not to say that he isn't trying. Not saying he isn't trying. And the price might not be there, but you're right. Yeah. But we know he jumps at deals. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, he made the Kelvin Herrera deal fairly early this season, and you, you would think that this, with Strasburg being out for so long and Gio and Tanner struggling like they were, that yeah. he would have made a deal already. Again, not saying that he hasn't tried, but, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it's yeah. kind of odd that we haven't seen one. So it might take a desperate team to, to finally make a, a move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is good to see, I think, though, that, we are seeing some signs of life from the offense, yep. um, pitching aside. Particularly Anthony Rendon, as you mentioned, is having turned out once again, not surprised, nope. having one of the, you know, <laughs> a solid season offensively pretty much across the board. Besides him, Harper hasn't really turned it around too much. Um, but, I mean, Trey Turner is struggling. That's, you know, hurtful to see. But you have Zimmerman back <clears throat> and him potentially splitting time with Matt Adams. Um, so I think you're seeing some signs of life from the yeah. offense. And uh, Daniel Murphy. He, yes, he's, he's, he's hitting almost 300 since in July. So that's good that he's coming around. Yeah. Um, and, and Murphy, like we said earlier with Gio and Harper, have come up as of early as of today in trade talks just because they're expiring free, or going right. to be free agents at the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, I agree. The offense is coming around slowly but surely. Um, can the rotation maintain it? And is this bullpen going to be fresh enough down the stretch yeah. when they're called upon to, to con contribute? Because I think that's going to be a huge part, too. Is like, you know, if you get a starter now, that's also another reason why it's kind of weird that Rizzo didn't go get someone earlier, yeah. a starter, I mean, because there's all this time now the bullpen is just being exactly. used every night. Yeah. And, but, you know, on, even Max Scherzer hasn't gone that deep into games as we've been accustomed to seeing him yeah. go. Uh, as of read, so this bullpen is you know being used and used and used. How fresh are they going to be late in September if you need them? Absolutely, that's a big concern, and I think it's a chicken or egg debate when you talk about do you need to upgrade your bullpen or do you need to upgrade your rotation. If your starters go deeper into games, you don't need your relievers as much, and so you might not have to upgrade your bullpen. So you know, I would I would tend to take that side of the argument and say basically if your starters are going later into games then you're not going to need your bullpen, so go after a starter. Right. 
Yep, that's a, and that's a question that Mike Rezzo and Cole are gonna have to find out yeah. and figure out. And this this series, four games in Miami, would be a big one for them to uh, to decide what to do. And um, you know, like I said, six and one against the Marlins. They've they've done very well against Miami, so it's a team that you want to face. Yeah. You do have Max going at some point this weekend. No Strasburg. You do have, I believe, let's see, it's right here. Um, Geo going and Hellickson on Sunday. Um, if the offense can kind of wake up and and put on performance like we did see, and the other thing about coming out of the break, you know, the Nationals should have won two games in in Milwaukee. Yeah. And they blew a lead. They blew a four run lead in the second game, so they should have won two out of three. And obviously crushed in the, in the finale, um, so maybe signs of things to come. If they can win three, maybe sweep in Miami, we could be having a completely different conversation at this time next week about like, all right, now what do we need us yeah. to do to go win the division? Going to be interesting to watch over the next week, a little less than a week until the trade deadline. Follow us at Paul Mancano at Bobby underscore Blanco mm-hmm. uh, at Mass and Nationals, of course, Mass and Nationals on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Yep. Listen to our podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Nice. There we go. And watch the videos on our Mass and Alexis Facebook page. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, th- be sure to, to follow this whole week. Yeah, this and stay tuned. Uh, the Nats don't play on Monday before the deadline, so, but we'll be on standby just in case any news breaks. And obviously all day on July 31st, that yeah. Tuesday. It's going to be exciting and nerve-wracking day for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Paul, thanks for joining me. Bye, Blanco. We'll catch you next time.